0: For joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with me, as always, my wonderful spectacular co-host Spider-Man! Wow. Hello, hello. It's the real Buzz Lightyear. It's the real Spider-Man. I can't believe that you're here.
1: Well, you know, I thought I'd swing in. I am 30 years old now, to hence my voice and not my youthful Tom Holland impression i just wanted to say hi to all the viewers out there for the special 200
0: that's right that's right it is the 200th episode so we did have to have a special guest uh it appears to be spider-man um kirk i gotta respect it man always with the always with the props always keeping me on my toes i never know what to expect whenever i hit the countdown your face disappears into the void and i get scared i i don't know what's coming at me and this time it was spider-man i'm thankful for that it could have been much worse So thank you for for sparing me of that, but welcome. That's right,
1: and that is strictly for the thumbnail, because there's no chance in this world I would be able to last the rest of this episode in this beautiful Spider-Man mask. I want to shout out to my son for letting me wear it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yes, for sure. I'm sure it's restricting some blood flow, but also I would say, you know, we might have to watch out on the thumbnail, because you're such a convincing Spider-Man they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is copyrighted material. This has got to be Ooh. the real Spider-Man. We cannot allow this. Yank it down. That's that's what I'm foreseeing. So, oh no, we'll see what happens. You could have just created a huge dilemma for us, Kirk. But t-
1: tonight's episode has been erased from history <laughs> due to my shenanigans. It that's will be about right.
0: It will be the lost episode once again. We already have one lost episode that. Will never be seen by human eyes, never be heard by human ears. I we, we were just talking about it. I don't even know what that episode was about. So this is really, you know, Kirk was making a big hullabaloo about episode two hundred. This is actually episode two oh one because there That's is right. there is an episode that is lost in the catacombs of history, never to be unveiled. What we talked about, the world will never know. Um was it it's good? So Probably not.
1: The title, the movie, the year, the date.
0: Yeah. Oh no. None, none of it. It's all gone. It's gone forever. There was a period of time where I knew, and now that it's gone, because we've done two hundred of these guys. So <sighs> I want st- to. I want to start the episode by saying this: we just crossed our three-year anniversary. July third uh, of twenty 20- of twenty nineteen was our first episode, and. We didn't make any hullabaloo about it, I think because we've been so busy focusing on what we're actually talking about on the podcast that we didn't even think about the milestone, but we did want to slow down and acknowledge episode 200, and every single one of you who have been a part of it, even if this is your first time listening, you have made our lives immeasurably more fun because we have such a blast doing this and the only reason that we do it is because a we have fun and b there are people who listen to it and and we're so happy that you do um it has been an absolute blast we have changed formats numerous times we have dealt with a pandemic switched to video from on location we've switched equipment we've switched Everything we've tried, everything we've just been experimenting the whole time, and we've absolutely loved it every step of the way. So thank you guys so much for watching, for listening, subscribing, commenting, liking. Uh, we see all you guys on social media whenever we post stuff. We love talking with you on there. Um, it's been a blast. It's like a fun. It's it's like it's more like a group chat or a friend group than anything else. You know, <laughs> this this podcast has sort of turned into that. There's these people that we have reconnected with or that we connect with through the podcast that we wouldn't have otherwise. And that has just been uh, an awesome blessing and we really enjoy it. And I think that our promise to you is that for as long as it is viable and maybe even a little bit past it being viable, we will continue to do this thing and churn it out and to have fun and try new things. You know, when new social platforms come out, we'll find a way to be a part of it. We'll, we'll constantly diversify and, and change things up and hopefully, Continue to make it enjoyable. So, um, you know, ways you can help us are the same as they've always been. Continue to engage with us. We love it. it. It just makes it a thousand times more fun. I mean, we love talking to each other, but we love even more talking to you guys. And, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, hit the subscribe button on any channel that you happen to be watching on. And we're just so appreciative. Kirk, anything I missed or anything you want to add in on episode 200?
1: I think it was everything. I think it was everything that we needed to chat about. There'll be more, there'll be random moments where I just burst into tears in this episode. And I think that's okay. I think this is a safe place to do so. I agree. Um, I also want to say, yeah, we've, We've changed so much. I mean, if you look at Cam, if you're watching on the stream, look how tan he is for this episode. Right. We've changed, literally changed the pigmentation of of our skin <laughs> because we wanted to show off, you know, these wonderful lights and these wonderful... we got to be good to look at, right? I mean, if we don't want to watch us, then we're not going to be on camera. That's there right. are so many laughs so many random things we did like live stream a couple of movies uh like we watched them and you it was basically like a reaction video so you watched (laughs) us watching movies that you could not see that you had to time up to it was quite interesting we did like five of those Uh, so that was that was very fun it was actually quite fun uh and of all of that i have been both exhilarated with every episode i've been stressed sometimes oh yeah but for the most part this is an outlet to let my wife give her a break from the absolute insane things that i say i will hold back and wait to say crazy things on here or wear a spider-man mask that i've tossed into the abyss or randomly appear with an iron man glove like there's so many things that are great and all that said Talking especially about stress, Cam. I have something to admit to you. Oh no! Uh, th- the other day, <laughs> the other night, I awoke from a dream that startled me to my core. Ooh. One would argue that it was a nightmare, Ooh. Uh, if you will. And in this nightmare, it was very, it was very abstract to start with, and then it became very. In, there was a lot of intent. So let me tell you. So there's like, all, basically I felt like I was falling a little bit, not like far, but like, just like kind of just like uh, drifting, drifting into a hole. And I landed in my bed and I got up and I had this sense of urgency. Ooh. And I got out of my bed.
0: Wait, wait, I, wait, 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 sorry. I'm lost. Are we still in the dream? We're still in the dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you woke up in your dream and you got that up. Out of your, okay. I'm good. I'm, we're, we're that good. is
1: correct. Still in the dream. Woke up in my bed in my dream. Right. So I'm tricked. And, I, I run out of my room and I turn, and it's not my house. It's a house I've never been to of before. Course. And, I turn, and I turn the corner and you're sitting there. You, Ooh. Cam, are sitting there in a chair or a couch. That part I don't quite remember, but I look at you and I stand you up mm. and I slap you
0: across. What? The <laughs> like Nick Cage and with then. that old lady in that movie. I- <laughs> That's right. And then, that's
1: when I actually wake up, okay? And because I didn't trust my reality, I thought that I was awake that entire time. Right. And I'm like laying in my bed, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna destroy the podcast. Oh. I I just thought. That's that what you I, interpret from that? Yes. Oh I thought, well, because I thought I slapped you. I'm like, Kate's right. never gonna want to record with me again. Like just randomly slapped someone like that i had no <laughs> any reason to be angry with you whatsoever and yet i stood you up the six foot three foot frame that yeah. you are and slapped you across the face right as i summoned will smith's power and i have i was stressed for the rest of the day <laughs> and then at the end of the night it finally clicked like i knew like, you know, like you have a feeling that you just can't let go. Yeah. Um, and so I, I realized halfway through, well, not halfway through the day, about 15 minutes after I realized it was not real. But then I was like, why Why did I dream that? Am I really, am I angry with Cameron? Is there some kind of subconscious? And what I've chalked it up to is that I think I was just nervous about the 200th episode. I didn't know oh, what would come of it. sure. And I told Aubrey about it at the end of the night. I was like, hey, I got to tell you about my dream. (laughs) I slapped your brother clear across his face. And she started giggling. She's like, yeah, that would never happen.
0: I mean, it could happen. First of all, let's be honest. I would not quit this podcast. If you randomly slapped me across the face, I would just (laughs) assume just because you're a man of character, I would be like, I deserved that. I don't know what I did, but I did something that, that honestly is what would pop into my head. I'd be like, Kirk, would never do this and so for that reason i am ashamed of whatever i have done you know i I just would have immediately placed the blame on myself so you're good there (laughs) secondly i feel like we need to get some dream analysis on this this is this could mean lots of things this could be this could be a good omen this could be a bad omen this could be like you slapping me like wake up bozo it's time to like go grab our dreams or something, you know, like this is a wake up call like for both that. of us, you know, it, it who like knows? There's so many paths. That's the thing. That's the thing is like, it's so vague yeah. that there, there are any number of ways that it could be interpreted and what it could mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, to this day, I'm still, I mean, it was only like three nights ago, but to this day, I'm like, what in the world was You're I shook.
0: watching before bed?
1: And, Have you recovered? Like, has Dream Cam recovered from the slap?
0: Were you watching that show with Zachary Quinto (laughs) called The Slap, where he slaps uh, that little girl, right? Isn't it a little girl? (laughs) And that's the premise for a whole show?
1: It is the whole premise for a whole show that got canceled (laughs) immediately. And it was a remake. I think it was a British show or a New Zealand show first.
0: And they decided,
1: let's try this Zachary Quinto is off of heroes. Let's take him. Let's do this. The
0: slap. The slap. Yes. That's what your dream will forever be referred to. Maybe that is the, you know, that is the harbinger of of what is to come for us. That's the, you know, the, the, the Raven, you know, it's the vision, the, the Oracle of what is to come. And we won't know what it means truly until many years down the line, like at like the end of game of Thrones or something.
1: You know what it is? You know, that like, that like contest online where they say, if I paid you you know, <laughs> give a number $5 yeah. million, would you slap your brother-in-law? And I would say, yes. <laughs>
0: I mean, I would not blame you. I, every time I see one of those, I think they're so stupid because if I'm not taking someone's life, or their ability to do something. If it's just like, right. would you punch somebody for like it could be a thousand dollars and I would do it. Like, it, like <laughs> the threshold is pretty low. Or like, would you let somebody punch you in the face for whatever amount? I'm always like, yes, it could be fifty dollars. I would let somebody punch me in the face for I, a like, Taco
1: Bell crunch. Trap I mean, for seriously, breakfast. like the
0: bar is pretty low. So every time I see those, <laughs> like, there's this. There was this TikTok trend for a long time that was like, would you? Um, body slam your sibling <laughs> for like a billion dollars or something like that. And I'm like 5,000% I would do that and none of my siblings would blame me and I would gladly volunteer myself to be body slammed if it meant somebody was yeah. getting a payout. Like there's just no yeah. – th- uh, I feel like that's a no-brainer.
1: Oh, my goodness. So I'm hoping <laughs> it's something – that rewards us with money. Maybe you'll get paid for violence.
0: Maybe you will get paid. Maybe there maybe there's somebody watching out there and it's like Squid Game and there's a cash reward for that or like truth or dare, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like if you if someone out there has a dream one night that they randomly slap <laughs> a member of their family. And then they talk about it on a podcast the next day, $10 million will go to them. So let's put this out there so we can get our money and just do this full time. That's what I'm going for here. The
0: other thing I want to key in on from your remarks prior to the dream is that you said, this is a, this, this kind of saves your wife from having to listen to your insanity. And it kind of is, it harnesses your chaotic energy that really hit home for me because I had never thought of it that way, but I literally just came down here after giving my wife the synopsis of all of the first four Scream movies in a row. Like I told her the premise of each one, the antagonist of each one, their motive, which characters were involved of each of the first four Scream movies, basically for no reason other than I've been watching them. And I'm up to the new Scream that came out this year, and the whole time I could tell that she was just like, "Please God, end this! Like, please end my life right now. This is this is horrible." Um, and that just that just clicked for me. So I, I thank you for that eye-opening remark. I think that was good.
1: I love that specifically you were chatting about <laughs> Scream because. I went through the entire Paramount Plus catalog, A to Z, the other night. And I said, yes, I want to watch these movies. And I added like probably 50 movies to my watch list. And the one movie, one of the 50 that I added was Scream 4, which I have yet to see. And I'm like, well, this is perfect. I'm going to I'm gonna go watch it. And I kid you not, that was my plan to watch this
0: evening. No. To watch tonight. You should because I watched it today. Oh, perfect! They will be on See, the exact watched, same. We'll be on the exact same train. Oh, I, I didn't. what?
1: I, I didn't watch like the three first ones. That's okay. But, right, like in order. Like I've seen them all. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't watched number four. I watched Serpico last night, so I thought you know this would be a good, good uh, random genre. Flip yes. To, to
0: that, <laughs> it'll be good. That, that's great. I'm. I'm glad that we're on the same wavelength now. It, it always wow. comes back. It always sw- swings around. All right, speaking of wavelength, let's get back on the wavelength for this episode, which in, when you and I were thinking about the 200th episode, we were like, okay, we want to do something different for sure, and we don't want to do what's popping, we don't want to do, you know, a movie review per se, like we, we really want to try to like take a step back and do something we haven't done, so we were like, what is the embodiment of this podcast? Like if you if there is one thing we've talked about more so than any other thing, what would it be? And the unequivocal response, as it would be for probably any movie podcast that started in 2019, is we have talked more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe than any other thing. And if you've listened to one episode, two episodes, 199 episodes, you would shake your head emphatically and say, yes, they have talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than anything. So what we are going to do tonight is a state of the union on the MCU. So we're calling it the state of the MCU. We've had a few mini conversations like this in the past after we've reviewed films, but we're going to look at everything holistically, knowing what we now know after Thor love and thunder, which really like in terms of the MCU doesn't have that much of a seismic impact, but I would guess that there are light spoilers. So just be wary of that. We'll, we'll try to stay away from it, but it's, it's possible Um, we're going to talk about it in its entirety. I have some discussion prompts for us to, to cover, but we're going to talk about the Marvel cinematic universe, where it's at, where it's been, where it's going and how we feel about it. So we can get a full download as we head into this Saturday. And you may not have known, known this. We dropped this nugget, um, on the last episode just briefly, but this Saturday is uh, Marvel's return to Hall H at the San Diego Comic-Con. So they did a virtual Comic-Con panel for Phase 4, I think last year during COVID. This mm-hmm. year it's the real deal. Kevin Feige and the whole squad will be there. And we don't know what they're rolling out, but we're expecting mega news. We're expecting mega news. Because the last time that they did this, it was the Phase 4 unveiling um, post-end game, and they were dropping bombs like you would not believe. And they dropped this. Let me show the, show the screen real quick. They dropped this timeline that shook everybody. They introduced Simu Liu. They introduced Natalie Portman again, um, to be returning as Jane Foster. You know, they introduced Mahershala Ali as blade. There was just tons of news going out and we think that there will be something similar happening this weekend. So we're going to have this discussion now, and then we'll probably swing back around and say, okay, What did we know? What did we not? So, Kirk, the MCU. Let's dive into it. Perfect. Here's what I want to ask, okay? I I think, and, and this, you'll have to check me on some of this stuff because I am heavily involved on Twitter. And so I see a lot of film Twitter stuff. And, you know, Twitter is algorithmically generated just like any other of these platforms. So a lot of times it's like the stuff that ticks you off or the stuff that you like gets fed back into your feed because you interact with it. Those are the two categories of things that you typically interact with, like things that are funny, things that you like. And then there's like things that make you angry and or sad and or scared. Like those are the two things. So that's what the algorithm feeds you. They want you to
1: take you through the whole cycle of emotions (laughs) in one visit on Twitter.
0: positively sinister. But (laughs) the thing that I keep seeing is um, a really wide spectrum of people who love where the MCU is at right now with the shows and the movies and everything that's happening, how, how they've kind of broken away from formula and gotten into something new and different and inventive in the way that we've never seen the MCU before. And then on the other side, there's the other extreme, which is people who despise this face. Do not like the shows specifically. Do not like the six episode format that we've fallen into the shows do not like the recent movies. They think they're messy. They think they're not as thoughtful. They think they're clunky. Um, This was the case, you know, these people wouldn't have liked Thor Love and Thunder very much or Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, certainly not Eternals, certainly probably not Black Widow. Um, So my first question to you is, is phase four the worst phase of the MCU or not, or is it too early to tell?
1: I believe it is not the worst phase of the MCU.
0: Okay. Elaborate.
1: Hmm. I didn't think that far. You <laughs> didn't
0: think I was going <laughs> to probe on that question? <laughs> I thought
1: it would be your turn. And yeah. <laughs> no, I can elaborate. I would say that I think we've hit a similar bump in the road. This phase feels very much so like the stepping stones. Um, but. At, at massive scale right so I think of movies like Thor Dark World I even yeah. think of Iron Man 3 definitely Age of Ultron um, and in a little smidge and might get some hate for this a little smidge of Captain America Civil War was even more of a stepping stone than it was a full standalone movie uh, obviously it's the best out of all of the ones I just mentioned but still there's that part of uh, of Marvel and the storytelling that you have to get not get through get through such a bad phrasing because why make the movie if you're just getting through something right you're, you they, when your characters don't go through an emotional change or anything there's a period of time that has to be told that may not be as exhilarating as the very first tale or the very end tale right so is this the worst we've ever seen it my answer is no
0: yeah I, i'm going to go and this might be the cop out answer but i'm going to go that it's too early to tell and here's why. I think that I think there there are a few things happening that make people think that this is the worst phase. And and to my opinion is that the major, maybe not the majority, but my opinion is that if you polled people, if you pulled the mass, the masses on this question, the plurality of people would say phase four is the worst. That is my that's my opinion. It's not been done, but I think that if you did it, the plurality of people would say that it's the worst. Okay, but there's a few different reasons I think that that's happened. One is that coming out of Endgame was extraordinary whiplash. You go back and watch that movie, and you see all the wheels that are in motion, all the cogs that are spinning, everything locking and turning together that has been built up over the course of whatever 23, 27 movie. I can't remember what it was in the first three phases, 27, 23. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Something movies altogether culminating into this one big thing. And it was this ginormous cinematic event, something the likes of which we've never seen before. And so naturally for Marvel, you can't keep that here. In fact, it doesn't even make sense to keep that here. This was the equivalent of what they have in the actual comics world of these events, you know, Secret Wars, um, Civil War, you know, some of the things that we've already seen in the movie, uh, House of M, etc. Like, they have these big events. And that was what they did with Avengers Endgame. So, they had to bring it all the way back. Like, emergency break, Fast and the Furious, J-turn, we have to hit the brakes. And so, I think that part of the reason people feel like this phase is the worst is because the whiplash from going to that level of just high quality Marvel content to like very scaled down, scoped down projects feels like this is not what I'm into. I was all in on watching the marathon and doing the big thing. You know, I was in that mode. Okay. So that's one. I think the other one, um, and one of the other ones is that there's the shows. Okay. And so the world has gotten bigger which has caused the mainstream fans, and this is something we've talked about a lot, we, we've we used the word saturation. I don't necessarily think that's what it is. I think it's just... it's So it's not like there's too... It's not like people are tired of it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I don't think people are t- tired of superhero content. I think that there's so much Marvel content, so maybe saturation is the right word, that the mainstream fan, the casual fan who was used to seeing every movie but not much else. They're not keeping up with the shows. And so, just the fact that those shows exist stresses these people out and they start to feel like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. I can't get into it." And so, they skip a movie here, they skip a movie there. Never heard of this Shang-Chi guy, never heard of the Eternals. I'm out they watch Spider-Man and then they're like, oh man, I missed all this stuff. I think that that's what's happening. It's not that people are bored of it. It's that there's so much of it that people feel like they can't keep up. And so they feel like they're not as interested. That's the other one. The last one is this, and this is the one that I find to be the most interesting. They have more consistently in this phase, bucked the formula, the MCU formula. And this is the, here's why this is interesting to me. So through the first three phases, you didn't hear a lot of hullabaloo of criticism for for Marvel. There wasn't a, a this huge faction of people saying, "Oh, all these people who like the Marvel movies are basics, normies, shills for the big corporation." You know, mm. it was there was not that loud noise. It was just like Hey, everybody! Kind of likes this. This is a big movement. We're all going to go see Endgame. We're all going to enjoy it. There were c- certainly small, loud factions that were anti-Marvel, but it was that sentiment was contained. And so, but whenever we got into Phase Four, like or in that gap, that kind of like COVID gap, people started to say like, oh, if you look at the Marvel movies, they're very formulaic. They all follow this formula. Well, that formula was built so that the movies could get critical acclaim. Um, like the. Those movies aren't actually formulaic if you look at them. They're just kind of their own sh- subgenre, And so they follow certain rules that have been established in this world, which makes people think that they're formulaic. But because of that, those rules and the way that they adhered to them and everything, it made them really critically acclaimed. And so they always got high Rotten Tomato scores. So everybody felt like, oh, I have to talk good about these movies. And there was less loud noise. Now they've consistently bucked the formula in Phase 4 – doing all kinds of different things, having visionary directors come in and and embolden them to do crazy stuff. They have the shows, which are doing more daring things. They have the multiverse, which is going on. And what's interesting is like, those same people who were like, oh, the formula, the formula, the formula, are now hating the stuff that's anti-formula too. And as a result, some of the critics are not liking it as much too, which has emboldened these people, the people who don't like it, to go out against it. That is kind of what I think. And I know that that was a lot of talking.
1: No, that's fine. That's perfectly. Co- I was writing notes because everything you were saying, like oh, it made me think of things. It was all. It's all connected, Cam, and maybe that's the big, the big scope of it all. It's all connected, and we don't know what it is yet. We're waiting for that. I love how you said, you know, buck the formula. As I wrote with my fancy, this is my favorite pen, by the way. We're not sponsored by Pilot, but I really love Pilot G two point oh seven. I mean, come on! Oh, that's the G two point oh seven, my friend. It's the best one the out best. there. I. I got to say, like, when you had, let's say we had Captain America, we had we had Iron Man, we had Thor, we had all the big ones, right? All the big ones that rolled out. Every single one of those started to introduce the next character or a character that we we would definitely and absolutely see in two movies later. Like, right. So like when you think about um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier gave us Valentina and she popped up, but she hasn't had her own, like, big screen moment or really full fleshed out storyline, right? Yeah, even she, John Walker. She, lives,
0: she lives in the after credits, right? She lurks in the nether yeah. realm, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all we'll ever see her at in, the, in the end credits scenes. That's it. It's, they couldn't afford her, to Julia Dreyfus. Um, even John Walker hasn't returned yet. Um, I would I would venture to say that the only person who has appeared the most since their uh, their cameo end of credits scene would be Florence Pugh uh, in her in her appearances in Black Widow and then in Hawkeye. Um, did we see her again in something else? Maybe no. Just maybe
0: Hawkeye.
1: Not. Eternals haven't seen any of those guys. Eros where's he at you know harry styles um, abomination appeared in shang chi uh, there's so many of those so the, the previous formula we were always introduced and there was a hype that coming soon we would see them again And we've seen all these people and it's been like now like eight or nine months like where's ralph boner people are craving more <laughs> ralph, ralph, from ralph boner to come content back.
0: is what we need <laughs>
1: <laughs> where's his standalone series i want to see him moving to hollywood as an actor and trying to make it big that was his dream right and then getting sucked into uh westview there's i think that's part of the system that's not working right now visibly i think it will pay off but the question is where where and when Will it pay off in these next few months that Kevin Feige has teased us out?
0: Yeah, that's a great point to you. I mean, I think that part of it is people don't like not being able to see the path. And 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 people have such a short memory because there was a long period of time where we hadn't seen the path. I mean, Thanos didn't first appear. He barely appeared in the first Avengers movie, you know, mm-hmm. and then he appeared in earnest in Guardians of the Galaxy. But at that point, nobody had any idea what we were building towards. You know, the world was so scoped down that like the biggest bad was like still Loki and everybody was like, you know, it was just a totally different place. We couldn't possibly have seen that. And for whatever reason now, again, coming off of Endgame, people are so unsettled. And I I have to admit that I felt this way at times too with not being able to see what's ahead. To your point, like, it feels like eons since we saw Shang-Chi. It was just last year, but there's been so much content that it's like, look at all these characters we have. Like, you could throw out one character right now and just be like, Kate Bishop, and and it stresses you out. You're like, oh no, when are, like, when are we gonna see them again? Like, when are we gonna see her again? What's happening? And, so I think that that gives people a lot of anxiety because they like to be able to see the puzzle being put together and what the pieces are, and that just hasn't been revealed. And maybe, maybe that's a mistake on Marvel's part. I'm not exactly sure yet. I think time will tell on that. Um, but, I think that what they're essentially doing is they're saying, let's do phase one again and lay the groundwork, but let's do it with a wider net. So instead of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, we're going to do it with Shang-Chi, you know, a new Thor, uh, you know, all numbers of things. Loki, the Eternals, the Eternals. Black Widow, I mean, not Black Widow, uh, Hawkeye with Kate Bishop, Captain America, you know, the new Sam Wilson, Captain America, like they're trying to cast a wider net and start all these things, Miss Marvel, whatever. Um, And so it's just, it feels like it's taking forever. We've only been in phase four for like a year. (laughs) Like literally a year, like WandaVision came out in January of last year. And that was sort of the beginning of all of this. Um, So I do think we need to kind of wait and see, even though people are quick to make snap judgments on it, but here's the elephant in the room: is that you and I have been more critical of this phase too. Like Black Widow, Eternals, um, Doctor Strange, Thor: Love and Thunder; those movies, I don't think. I don't, I mean, I'll have to go back and check the tapes, but I don't think we put any of them in the eights, you know, which is I lower don't. than most most of the MCU. To date, I think the only ones that have been there for us are No Way Home, which, duh, that got a a 10, you know, like absolutely cinematic achievement, crazy momentous thing. And then Shang-Chi, which was really, really good. So we have been more critical. Um, I don't know, what do you say to that? Like, when I think about that question, I just go, well, it's not because they bucked the formula. It's just because, like, it's all different reasons. Like, Black Widow felt like it was a bit of a mess probably due to COVID with editing and and some of the effects and things like that that kind of mucked it up. Eternals was overly ambitious. Doctor Strange had a story that was not fully fleshed out. And Thor was had a good story but paced it crazy. You know, like that's that's where I'm at on all those. So I don't feel like any of those are like scathing. I still liked all those movies, but I didn't like them as much as I've liked previous phases.
1: Yeah. You know when you're in the arts and specifically in uh when you're ma- when you're telling a story. So in theater and in film, you must be able to collaborate. And there is absolutely a way to collaborate remotely, but there is a huge setback and was and still kind of is with the results <clears throat> and the ongoing uh fight against covid and to keep everyone safe. It's just hard. It's just very difficult People are not in the room. People aren't able to be fully present because someone they know is very sick and there's so many other uh, factors at play now than there ever were before. So I feel like that alone takes us out of it. That that inability to fully collaborate has has struck us a little bit. Um, with uh, With all that said, if you're going to put something out, especially if you're Marvel, pump the brakes. Now's the time, right? right. Like now's the time to say, hey we got a delay no one's going to question it not a single soul kevin feige could be could not even tell anyone else but in his own brain like we're delaying this until 2023 and everyone be like covid right it'd be that simple and he doesn't have to tell anyone and he can fine-tune and fix and manipulate and and resolve things that are problems that's part of my problem with phase four is that i think there are bigger issues at play but i think that there were there's a a very easy way to pump those brakes when necessary to put out a product that's eight out of ten kernels or higher.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing about the movies that that we did rate lower than I think we normally would an MCU film is that, or that we've historically rated MCU films is that they could have met that mark. You know, it wasn't that the it wasn't that the the movie itself wasn't capable of achieving that. A lot of movies that we give bad scores, their ceiling isn't an eight. It never was, you know, Halloween kills, never was. Their ceiling was never an eight. Um, The kitchen, the ceiling was never an eight, right? The kitchen. (laughs) But these movies did have a high ceiling and they could have been there with some fine tuning. So that was one of my questions was about COVID. And the question is like, is it a fair excuse? And I feel like the point that you're making is like, yeah, it's fair to say, in one way it is a fair excuse because It's fair to say that COVID had a massive impact on these projects. But on the other hand, it shouldn't be given as an excuse because Marvel Studios had it within their power to say, this is not Marvel Studios quality yet. We're not putting it out until we can do it, Marvel Studios quality. Because some of like, the one to me that's like the most glaring out of all of this is what if there's a whole episode missing from that show. And in the finale, they act like we all just saw that episode. It's it's minor, but it's that Gamora and Iron Man plot line that they do, yeah. and they just like gloss over it. Like, oh, and here's these guys; they're going to be part of our multiverse Avengers army against you know the Ultra Ultron guy, and it's like, no, like Marvel wouldn't do that. That's that's a detail that's missed, and that feels really odd. Um, so yeah, it's like I'm sure the mouse was like banging the money. Gavels like money, money, oh, money. Give me the money, feed me money, Heaven right? Spaggy, you promised me, <laughs> right. you promised me all the money in the world, exactly. The mouse is doing that, so I'm I sure mean, the mouse is actually <laughs> Don Corleone. Yeah,
1: come on, I made you an offer you couldn't refuse. you <laughs> bought you, you silly guy with your baseball cap. Give me my money.
0: <laughs> yeah, like legitimately, that's how I envisioned that going. Um, only it's Bob Chappick in a mouse costume. And
1: <laughs> so I like... He zips it down. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it if you darn kids hadn't been here. Scooby-Doo is now part of Disney, right? By the way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, I feel like there is a... There, like part of it is like they had a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to act in the best interest of the business. And the reality is like, even if the thing's not to your liking, it's still going to make a Billy in the box office, even during a yeah. pa- global pandemic. And so that's part of it too. Um, but you know, I, I I'm with you on that. Like, I don't know if it's a fair excuse or not, but I think it's, I think it's certainly something. I think it's a contributor. Okay. Here's my next question. And this, I think okay. is going to be a big one.
1: Ooh.
0: Are the shows, the TV shows for the MCU, a net positive or a net negative? for the cinematic universe. Have they been to date a net positive or a net negative?
1: Okay. Okay. Well, let me pull my, let me pull my papers up again. What shows do we have? We have seven of them,
0: eight of them, seven. If you include what if, which you should, cause it's been tied mm-hmm. into the, to the MCU at this point.
1: All right. So here's the shows just to recap one division, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is in no particular order. Actually, it's in the order that I ranked them for uh for a social media post, I think.
0: No, not Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You had that
1: like dead last. Oh, sorry, my numbers are mixed up. My apologies. I'll now read mine in order. <laughs> WandaVision, Loki, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, uh, five, Miss Marvel. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What if? Yes, I think that's how it went. Yeah. Okay. So those are the shows. So are they net positive or a net negative? I'm gonna say there are more wins, not not like per season, right? Yeah. So I couldn't say that uh I couldn't say that, oh my goodness, you can't take any of those aw- you can't take any of those away. You could. You absolutely could. But there are moments, big enough moments in each of those shows, that mm-hmm. catapult not only the characters in those shows forward, not only the MCU forward, um, not only Mickey getting his money forward, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but it it does it builds unity with with all of it, and that's something that you can't quantify, right? So I think I think it's a net positive because. There's not a there's not a single moment in every single one of these shows where you're like this is all garbage. Nothing is valid here. Yeah. They could have they could have uh, just said this in a 5-minute exposition in the next big movie. I don't think that's possible. So they're all in their own right valuable, just not all of them are that great.
0: Yeah. Man, I struggle with this one. I have to be honest and say that I think that the the commercial impact of them long-term is a net negative because I feel like it has increased the volume of content to such an extent to where the casual fan is becoming disinterested as I stated earlier. So I think that that's a problem from a story perspective. I still kind of feel like it's a net negative, even though I have liked some of the shows, um, for sure. Like I've actually liked all of them to varying degrees. Um, my top three are WandaVision, Loki, actually, Loki first, then WandaVision, then Miss Marvel. Um, but those shows are not without their flaws. I think Loki is the one that's like the cleanest all the way through. Strong, strong, strong. It has one episode where I think it kind of like the pacing kind of slows a bit. But WandaVision has a great, great start and middle with a lackluster finale. And because they build that finale up to be such this big thing and then it kind of wasn't and Miss Marvel had a great first, I don't know, three episodes, and then kind of dallied for two episodes, and then had an excellent finale. Um, So it's like, they've all been varying levels of good. It's just that, to me, they somewhat cheapen the MCU, in the sense that, the shows are, obviously not cinema quality. They're a different medium, they're a different format, they're a show. And, you, there's this sense that, like, the big players don't play the TV game. Um, with the exception of, I guess, Wanda and Anthony Mackie would be the only two that you're like, okay, those are the big stars that are, like, you would think are probably above this on the totem pole, and they did a show. Um, because, like... Uh, you just you you never feel like in those shows that something crazy big is going to happen, and I feel like that's something that they're missing. Like you want the casual fan to feel like they have to watch the show because anything could happen. Like if they had actually had Spider Man appear in the Hawkeye finale, Tom Holland, that's the kind of thing that gets people go going. woolly moly! all bets are off you have th- all of this stuff is must watch television there is crazy stuff happening in these shows and i don't feel like they've done that but on the flip side i do feel like the scaled down format has been excellent for new character intros i thought it worked yeah. great in moon knight i thought it worked great for kate bishop and hawkeye i thought it was the perfect intro for her kind of character and i thought that miss marvel was like a really good origin story for kamala khan in the mcu um, and Iman Volani's entrance into onto that stage. So I, I like it for that. But the one thing I will agree with the masses with on this one is the six-episode format. Don't like it. I just don't. Nope. I feel like not one of these shows with the six-episode format has worked perfectly, and that includes Obi-Wan Kenobi, too. The pacing is just wacky. It's like, it's not a movie, but it's not a TV show, and it's just caught in limbo. It doesn't know how far to go and it's like they try to put in an it's it's like movie amount of content stretched out over six episodes and so you end up with these lulls i mean is that how you feel about it
1: yeah i would say for for some series absolutely you would almost say like hey this should have been three episodes like it's just too far to be a movie or like they kind of crammed like a couple of storylines like they kind of shrunk those like there were parts in especially miss marvel where i was like. Yes, that could have been like two episodes alone. Like this could have been a ten-episode series. You're absolutely right on, on that. Right on the money. I feel that the uh, <laughs> this is a difficult, a, a very difficult subject as it is for most. I feel that if you would have been able to incorporate the the biggest heroes, the big, the front top tier heroes that we have seen in in the big movies, right, and Let them assist even for a five minutes, not to say that the heroes we were being introduced to or reintroduced to weren't strong enough, but everyone needs help, right? Like there's, there's a line that Spider-Man says, Oh yeah, I fought so-and-so I fought this kind of villain once. Right. And he's kind of like telling people like, I've had the experience. Like, it's really fun. And it's not like a small villain. It's not like a robber. It's not like Thanos, right? It's somewhere in between. And that's where all these guys are, should be able to connect with. So the introduce, the introduction of the scale of the TV show, right? That, spot on right you yeah. can't have thanos yeah. come and be the main villain of miss marvel right uh, but but you can have those bigger heroes who are more experienced let's call them that they're more experienced we've seen them on their journey they've they've learned more about themselves they've um they've evolved and, and their powers have matured right i think that showing them pop in with that would make more sense and connect them it's the connection that we're missing yeah and then As you said, Miss Marvel was the first glimpse of that, where we had uh, spoiler alert: Captain Marvel appear at the very last moment of Miss Marvel,
0: briefly in a new outfit. But
1: two seconds. This is her ninth outfit.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, over the course of like she's appeared like three and a half times. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, there's just there there is just to your point, like there's just a slight recalibration that's needed there. It's it it's not that it's all bad, it's just that right now the sum of the parts is not necessarily like something great. It's just like something that's been fun and good and like for the most part good, but not it's just not that like next level that we were sort of expecting. So okay. We've talked about phase four. Let's look ahead. Okay. Let's look ahead. This weekend, the Marvel Mega Panel is happening. You and I talked about on the last show some things that we would like to see. My thing was Fantastic Four casting announcement and or X-Men casting. Yes. uh, Preferably both. Yours was some sort of new hero. You threw out Sentry, which I love. Absolutely love that idea. Um, And, you know, we've heard, you know, there's been all these different rumors about Nova and you know, a daredevil series. I mean, there's so many things that just like have, have floating out like wonder man, you know, like we talk about these things and then they kind of slip through your fingers and you don't even remember them when the time passes. So there are certain things we know will happen this weekend. We know captain America four will be front and center as Marvel champion. Sam Wilson is the new captain America right. uh, with Anthony Mackey at the helm. Well-deserved. Can't wait to hear more about that movie. I'm ready to hear a date. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I think they are going to swing for the fences this weekend. I just feel like if Feige is taking the pulse of the people, he might be ready to share a little bit more than he would have previously. So I feel like I feel like we're coming away with some sort of X-Men news. And I think that it's either a movie related to one or all of the X-Men or a casting announcement or when they will appear something. I think we're for sure walking away with Fantastic Four casting announcement. I can't imagine we're not. And I think that we're probably walking away with a couple of other goodies. Do you think they're swinging for the fences this weekend? Or do you think that we should temper our expectations?
1: Swinging for the fences... Fantastic Four must be announced. We must know who Victor Von Doom is as well in that casting. Yeah. Um I mean wasn't that the the actual was it Blade or was it Fantastic Four where they're like, "Oh yeah, one more thing." And they threw it up on the screen. Fantastic like, Four. Uh, Fantastic Four, right? So they they drew the 4 up there, circled and walked out, right? That must happen. Um yeah. because you're right. He's checking the pulse. He's always been looking at what the numbers are in addition to more importantly, the morale of the fans. And it is definitely mixed. I mean, even, even us, we're going back and forth a little bit here on, yeah, it's great, but I wish this would happen. And Marvel has mostly always delivered what we want, even when we don't know what we want. So that's what we need to see in this big Saturday reveal.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm hoping they throw some haymakers. I'm like, I've cleared my I've cleared my calendar to be ready for all of the craziness to hit the fan. I'm expecting 2019 again. I just am. I and I think that everybody in a way, like if I'm taking the pulse of everything on Twitter, everybody's expecting something big this weekend at 7 p.m. Central Time. And so if they go out there and they talk about Captain America 4 and you know, fantastic Four for and, and not without casting announcements and Wakanda forever and things that we have known and heard about. I think people are going to be absolutely livid. Um, So I'm expecting big news, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. But last question on this, and then we'll go to a game. Cause I hear you have a game Kirk. I do. Um, My last question is, are you as excited about, The future of the MCU as you were, you know, prior to that phase four announcement 2019.
1: I think I am. And the only reason I think I am is because of the potential that these characters have to meet. Like he these characters weren't just thrown at us to just like live in their own worlds. We even though we want them to connect and it seems like they'll never talk to another superhero, we know that's not possible. In the comic books that's not what they do. They're they're running into each other left and right by accident, right? So the the meetups of all of this and how they meet up and what villain they fight and how they're connected and what trauma they share to bond with each other and then fight side by side that makes me excited. So I'm not more, I don't think more excited. Cause I don't think I can, uh, I don't think I can assess that, but I am just as excited for the next phase as I was before.
0: Yeah. I'm going to agree because here's the thing that always brings me back down to earth. When I start to get, when I start to listen to the masses and go, okay, like people are turning on this, like, I don't know, maybe they're right, whatever. Um, and I have my own opinions. I'm a free thinker. I'm not a group thinker. Um, mm-hmm. So that is what it is. But the thing that always brings me back is is two things. And those things are Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Marvel's first family and the biggest Marvel super team that there is. They haven't even been introduced in the MCU, dude. Like, that might not mean something to people who are just the movie fans, But if you know anything about the comics, like we're talking tip of the iceberg stuff, guys. Like X Men and Fantastic Four are two insanely massive properties with a huge history. And like we have come nowhere, we haven't even touched those. Like there are so many characters and storylines and things that are yet to come that I'm like, what they could be building towards could dwarf end game like like make it look tiny if they pull it off and that's the thing that really excites me is like in the way that in game was something we had never seen before 12 years from now or 10 years from now or whatever we could be looking at something that is so much bigger than anything we've ever seen to the point where it's like stupid like end game looks like child's play and i feel like that potential is on the table and i just want to see them try to pull it off so that's why i'm still as excited
1: but, That'd be so incredible. Have you heard the latest fan casting that I'm all about for Wolverine?
0: No, Logan Lerman.
1: Logan's up there. Yeah, but Taron Egerton.
0: Oh yeah, I've heard that one. I've heard that one, and I
1: want that so badly. He he could bring it.
0: Yeah, it's better than is, the Daniel Radcliffe. Even though I love Daniel Radcliffe, I just don't think that's a fit. But Taron Egerton is a good fit. It's a good fit. He's the one.
1: I think he's the one. I think he'll get it.
0: Yeah, I could see it. I could see it, man. That would be pretty legit. Um, we'll we'll wait and see this weekend. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, the MCU panel, we'll try to tweet or post in Discord as much as humanly possible. I'll be manning the phones. Uh, we'll just kind of see what goes down, but be be there to chat with us. If you need somebody to vent to on that evening about like, oh my gosh, my head's exploding. There's so much crazy stuff. Hop into the Discord, hop onto Facebook, whatever. We'll be ready to chat with you guys about it for. Sure. All right, Kirk. That's the state of the MCU as it stands right now. Let's hear your game. Oh gosh, it's a new costume. He's Captain America. That's why that portal's can, behind you, isn't it? It's, you're just you're, that's right. you're you're hopping out of it. It's like a Doctor Strange portal.
1: I've gotta I've gotta tuck my crazy hair. I look actually I look more like John Walker, right now.
0: That's right. Wyatt Russell.
1: <laughs> John Walker coming to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is called. Are you ready for this, Cam? No, the multiverse of casting Ooh, what does it mean? ominous music. That means there are lots of actors and actresses that were almost part of the MCU, part of our oh. favorite characters, maybe our least favorite characters. Well, now we're going to figure out just how well, you know, the almost scam. Are you ready for this?
0: I am going to be so bad at this, but I am ready to go. <laughs> ready to go.
1: All right, there are some clues to help you in the questions, so pay attention, not to my hair popping out of my exquisite mask, <laughs> but just, just the questions. Here we go. And to remind you, there is lots of points uh, that go with this. Yeah, of course. You will get points for this. Um, I don't know how many, and I forgot the other points that we've done throughout the past 10 episodes, but are you ready, Kim? I am. Here we go. Question number one. In an alternate universe, an unlikely actress was up for the role of Black Widow. The film that she's in follows an aspiring fashionista who lands a job as an assistant to a real demon-like fashion queen. So I've just described to you the movie that this actress who was up for the role of Black Widow was in. Not necessarily the exact character, but someone <laughs> in that movie.
0: Anne Hathaway?
1: That is incorrect. No. Emma Stone. Anne Hathaway was not up for it. Emma Stone is not in The Devil Wears Prada.
0: Well, yeah, I thought you might have been talking Cruella.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay. Okay, I was talking about the Devil Wears Prada.
0: <laughs> no, I know. I just I thought if you weren't talking about the Devil Wears Prada, you certainly had to have been talking about Cruella. So,
1: do you remember Anne Hathaway's Emily Blunt? Best friend,
0: Emily Blunt.
1: That is correct. Do you want to know why she couldn't take the role of Black Widow? I do. Do you know that she was Jon Favreau's top choice for Black Widow at the time
0: of casting? No. I didn't even know that she was a choice, obviously. So now I I, I had no idea.
1: Right. She had a filming conflict with, wait for it, Gulliver's Travels. No, Emily.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Why'd you do it?
1: And, you know, legend says if you watch Gulliver's Travels, you can see a tear falling from her eye in every single frame that she's in. Yeah. regretting that she was never in it. And However, money
0: flying out of every frame oh, as well.
1: You know, we wouldn't have gotten a quiet place or a quiet place part two. True. had She done it.
0: And now and she can be Sue storm.
1: She might be Sue storm. There you go. Question number two. You'll never believe which elf star almost landed the role as wasp in Avengers.
0: Oh, Zoe Deschanel.
1: That is correct.
0: That would have been bad. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I like, I just don't, that no, no offense to Zoe Deschanel at all. I just don't think that really works.
1: Right. The whole idea of it was that Wasp was the central character in the Avengers. Like the Avengers that we know, like early script, because the Wasp, was like the founder of the Avengers in the comics. Like she brought everyone together and apparently she was going to be very witty and very quick and the funniest person of the bit. Uh, Yeah. I mean,
0: Janet Van Dyne in the, in the comics is a big deal. Um, And was certainly very instrumental in the West coast Avengers and others. So I could see that, but I, I think the way that they went was a much better play.
1: I agree. I agree. And for those um, listening, you can and did hear the sound of my American captain America mask coming off as I was losing blood flow to <laughs> my skull. <laughs> right. So Kirk was going I to the am. ER after this. That's right. Very good. Very good. We're one for two. This is good. Cam, you're doing great. Question number three. Uh, um, in the Colosseum of casting, this gladiator star almost, I can't read my writing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite part of every game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should type this out. I have a computer. This gladiator star almost donned the cape and the time stone of Dr. Strange. Joaquin. That is correct.
0: And I would be so here for it. it. Like it. Uh, he's always been linked to these superhero movies and I never quite get it like Joker made sense, but the other ones just have never made sense to me, but I just would love to see it. I just I, I personally would no no offense to Benedict. I think he's awesome. I just I, I want to be a part of that timeline. I want to see the timeline where he signs on the dotted line and does it. I just want I'm just coming. so curious.
1: Yeah, and if you'll excuse me, just uh, fixing my hair
0: from the mask. You're so vain, just, Kirk. You're so vain. It's just really troublesome. I, I bet you I, think that this d- song is about you. It, I do think it is about me. Every time,
1: every time that song plays. Um, I also would have accepted for Joaquin Phoenix, Leaf Phoenix, as he went by uh, for a oh, period yeah. of time. He was jealous of his older siblings, River and Rain, that he's like, what in the world, Mom? I didn't get a, a an earthly... Name? What's what's going on here? Yeah, so, that's
0: fair. I mean, it really is.
1: That's tough. So the next next time we have trivia, I will only accept Lee Phoenix for your answer, regardless of the time frame in which he was going by Lee or Joaquin. You just know, my, as a heads my up. cousin
0: had friends that he grew up with whose names were who her. her there were sisters, and their names were China, India, and Kendall. True story. Okay. Um, so it's okay. a similar situation there, where the third one's kind of like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
1: like. Uh, I feel a little left out here, like literally the third wheel. Yeah, I could have been Cambodia, like what gives? That's right. All right, this one. I don't know if you'll get this one. You're a big Guardians fan. Can you imagine anyone else in the role of Peter Quill? Can you? No. Let's see if you can. Already experienced with a space movie, this contact star almost appeared as Peter quill's father ego in Guardians 2 the film is contact
0: I've never seen contact
1: do you know the poster it's a big satellite with Jody Foster and yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so as Peter quill's father
1: yes but age is but a number. It does not make sense in the casting of this actor. Okay. An Academy Award winning actor. Matt Damon. That is incorrect.
0: (laughs) I knew I was going to get that one wrong.
1: But his first name does start with an M. And so does his last name.
0: Oh. (laughs) Mike Myers. (laughs) That's right. No. I'm giving myself the point. <laughs> no,
1: this is also the star of what else is obscure from his past? Ed TV and A Time to Kill.
0: I'm totally blanking, Kirk. Matthew? Roderick. McConaughey?
1: McConaughey. Well,
0: you said yeah, you said I figured you would say his name is also Matthew. But you said his name starts with an M. So I get why you I did. did that. It just threw I me. I did.
1: I sent you down a long
0: rabbit hole. No, it's not I? your fault. It's, let's be honest. It's not. Uh, yeah, that would have been terrible. Awful.
1: And much like Emily Blunt, there were some, There, I'm sure there's some regret here. So, yeah. Oh, McConaughey, yeah. When, when he turned down this role, thank goodness he did because the age just didn't make sense. I mean, no. he might actually be 15 years older than Chris Pratt. I'm not sure. But. Like when you look at them, there's no way they look yeah, no. old enough, right? But this, the other two other reasons, um, one of the reason would be that Matthew McConaughey was concerned that they were just grabbing all big stars and throwing them in these Marvel movies at the time. He's like, nah, they're grabbing a big actor here, grabbing a big actor there. It's like I don't want to just be like an ornament for them, right? Yeah, fair. He turned that movie down to be in The Dark Tower.
0: Oh. Yeah, man. You gotta watch out for those Stephen King films. They always sound good on paper, but you gotta you gotta watch it. And that one is a real stinky one. Which didn't
1: didn't Idris Elba star like opposite of him? Yes. In those you know uh-huh. well, you know, he's in, in Marvel. I think he should have been like, You made a big mistake.
0: Man. Right. And Idris <laughs> Elba mistake. is still in Marvel. We thought it would never we thought it ended, it never ends. It never ends. They just keep paying him. They, they I don't get it. He him. like he even talked about when they were filming one of them. I can't remember one that he was only in for a little bit. I think it was probably Infinity Possibly. Infinity War. Yeah, I think you're right. Where he was like, he was on set just doing the same thing over and over again for this small role, and he was just like, I can't do this anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm, i he just you can't kill that man. He just keeps coming. <laughs>
1: He's back. And question number five, Cam. Let's let's take it out with the win. (laughs) Let's hope so. Big win. I see big win in your future. Here we go. The following variant is offered a role in almost every MCU film, but he has yet to be cast. Best known for one of his roles on a bus with a bomb on it set to detonate if it goes below fifty
0: miles per hour. It's Keanu.
1: That is Keanu Reeves. Well done.
0: The MCU well done. and Kevin Feige love Keanu. The day will come where we get Keanu in the MCU. Maybe he'll be introduced on on Saturday. You know, Kirk. Maybe that. Maybe this is oh, our man. big Keanu moment. If not now, when, Kirk? Um,
1: could he be Victor Von Doom? No, he couldn't. He really couldn't.
0: No, he's not quite sinister enough. I mean, you got to be really. You have to have the capability for real sinisterness. Joaquin could do it. He um, could. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, I, I don't know what the role is for him, but it's out there. And it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be so great.
1: It will be. It'll be perfect. And then we'll say, thank goodness he passed on yeah. all those. You know who else is vying for a role is Jessica Chastain. She's actually been up a couple times. Right. But she's, like, she got to the casting floor and she said, nah, not big enough. Like, she wants home. Oh, man, I don't home. think...
0: I don't think my heart can handle a Jessica Chastain Sue storm. I think, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think I can handle it. I I just, I love so much of what she does. I I would be, I would be overly ecstatic about that.
1: Right. It could, it could be coming. You know, if, if we've been foiled and tricked on John Krasinski, um, I mean,
0: well, you know, Iman Vellani confirmed that Kevin Feige throws rumors out into the ether. He has his goons do this. Just to kind of throw people off the scent. I think that's a terrible idea because people get attached to those things and then they get mad. They make up their own fan castings, but that's, I guess, always going to happen. But yeah, it's it's possible that some of these things we've been clinging on to have been fake news, you know, just smoke right. and mirrors, just a total smoke screen to throw us off the scent. I don't know. I don't know. Let's hope Taryn Edgerton's not, Kirk.
1: He better not, not be. I really don't see anyone else doing it. Like that one is such a good such a good one.
0: They'll find somebody, man. They'll find somebody. We'll see. All right, great game Kirk. What was that multiverse of casting?
1: The multiverse of casting. I
0: love it. I love it, Kirk. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I know we did a little bit different this week. We 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 had a big long uh kind of flowing episode, but Hey, it's episode 200. We had to go all out. We had to talk about something that we love to talk about. We had to get all the way into it. Um, Super fun. I'm excited to see what happens this weekend. Please remember to follow us on your favorite social media platform, whatever that is. Twitter. Um, Facebook is probably the easiest way to get our stuff, I would say, because Twitter, there's just so much going on there at all times. But, definitely facebook and certainly discord we're going to be all over discord this weekend um i'll be putting news in there as it kind of happens so be sure to sign up for that it is free all of our stuff's free you never have to pay for anything obviously um so again thank you so much for listening whether this is your first episode or your 200th episode we we sincerely love you and (laughs) what was that kirk are you being sucked into a different dimension
1: thanos is actually calling (laughs) my Thanos, club, oh, your Thanos all the Infinity club. stones are are attempting to snap us out of our 200th episode I think that's the case
0: I got really scared there for a second I was like Kirk's about to be sucked into a pool of blood like Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street um, <laughs> anyway thank you guys so much for listening seriously or watching subscribing commenting liking whatever you've done to support this podcast no matter how big or small we we seriously appreciate you it has been a total blast and we will continue to keep it churning out um we don't have a movie review cooked up for you this week but next week we will we will resume our regular programming schedule uh, most likely with a review of the gray man which drops on netflix this friday directed by the russo brothers and starring chris evans anita armes ryan gosling so we will leave you guys with that. We have to give a special thank you, of course, to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric, who created our incredible original music. Let it bless your ears on the way out and find them anywhere you can listen to music. We will see you guys next time.
1: Talk to you then.
0: 200!